we've got hey i'm luis and i'm luis and you're listening to the content is profit podcast and we spent the last four years learning the strategies and techniques from some of the top marketers in the world on how to create content that turns into profit if you'd like to learn how to turn content into profit just go to contentsprofit.com oh yeah baby oh yeah guys today we have an incredible epic guest and conversation we're going to be talking about can creativity be streamlined? I feel like this is a topic mm. that we've chatted about in the last two weeks, like almost every single day. We talk yes. about creativity, frameworks, different things. Ah, oh, but this is so good because uh, the people behind camera are helping us in our process with our team. So I can't wait. And the individual itself, he has such an amazing, I think like abilities, like there's nothing he cannot do. There's, there's literally nothing he cannot do. I think <laughs> so he's a very skillful person, but at the same time, he's a person that he is just an applied person. Like yeah. You can tell he's a hard worker. Uh, he has built something incredible, and we want to share with the, with the world. Yeah. Fancy, before we get started, though, do we have a sponsor? Indeed, we do. Thank tell you so much more. for You're asking. Welcome. You're welcome. Today's sponsor is your own, The Biz Bros, Let's with go. Content Momentum. And you might be asking yourself, what is Content Momentum? Well, Right. If you produce a long-form piece of content, just like this one that you're listening to or watching, and you need a modern media team to come into your business and help you turn that content, leverage it so you can amplify your message, Ooh, baby. right? Then you can turn it into multiple value-packed bite-sized assets and you can send them into the interwebs like little minions to get you some more clients. We want to help you out. So slide in the DMs at Beast Bros Co. on Facebook, on Instagram. That's right, guys. And if you enjoy these conversations, go ahead and follow the podcast in your favorite platform. And also follow us on social media at Beast Bros Co. where all those golden boulders are being distributed every single day. That is right. And if you find today's conversation impactful, if it helps you move one step closer to mm. your goal or... If you know of anybody that this conversation can help move one step closer to their goal, please, or only ask, is for you to share this episode with them and to leave a five-star review. Thank you. Welcome to another episode. Today's guest doesn't doesn't only have an epic beer, but he also has what the contemporary meme culture would say, a big brain. Yes, today's guest is one of those people that can literally do anything. I hope you are as ready as we are. You are 100% right, my friend. When we first talked to today's guest, we thought he was actually a salesman of a software but immediately we discovered that he was the genius behind it all we bonded over a few pieces of lego and then we quickly became fans not only of the software but we we, we became fans of him Today's guest is no joke. Not only that, he has actually been part of growing and founding several companies. He has an incredible understanding of processes, which has allowed him to build this incredible software that even Spotify uses. But more on this in just a moment. That is right. Please welcome Lego Master, the bearded genius, and founder of iconic Mike Sulinski. Welcome, hey guys, Mike. How's it going? Did, did we cross your last name? <laughs> no, you actually you nailed it, man. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's as close as you're going to get without like actually being Polish. So I'll, uh, how, I'll give you the benefit of the doubt there. How does yeah, it sound good. if it like with the right pronunciation? 
So the the right way is not the way I, even I say it anymore because nobody gets it right. But it's <laughs> it's shum s the s z turns oh. into s c h u right oh. like so it gets shumliski. Yeah. All right, interesting, all right. interesting. I, I don't say that anymore because everybody butchers it as be, soon as they try be, it. And, yeah, but between that and our accent. <laughs> yeah, that's that, it. That we, we have our odds against us, dude. Mike, thank you so much for for joining us today, man. I mean, we meant every single world there, and uh, you have been so helpful in our process. And we're gonna dive deep into, you know, what is the thing that we're actually doing together, uh, which I feel yeah. like. Before we dive into that, I want for people well, that are just listening, real quick. Sorry, I, I'm, for people, I was about to say that, bro. I don't know. If, okay, I don't know okay. if we're gonna say the same thing, but be, <laughs> before we dive into you know all this goodness, Mike, I want to paint the picture for those that are just listening and not watching, and for those that are watching, pay attention. You see that saxophone in the back, <laughs> Mike plays the saxophone. You see those guitars in the back, Mike plays the guitar, and not only that, he builds guitars, and I'm sure. All the stuff on the back of there. He's also great at using it. He, Mike, I'm surprised. I'm telling you, like, you cast an impression. I'm, 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 gonna, fuzzy, I'm gonna have to live. Yeah, I'm gonna have to live with you for like two years to see, you know, if I can <laughs> learn a little bit of all this stuff. Man, I've been living with him for a bunch of years. I don't recommend you accepting that <laughs> offer. Just gonna say that out loud. <laughs> uh, the but Mike, I mean, where? I mean, you obviously. Uh, a founder of the the software iconic incredible software by the way we've been using it for quite a bit now uh it has eased the pro our content creation and production process so so much right but when we chatted with you for the first time you said that there was different things that you were doing before founding iconic and i'm curious a little bit about your backstory like how did your entrepreneurial world started your your software creation started um was that only always inside of you or what what, what was it like how is this adventure start? Yeah, so full, full disclosure, I'm not the, the founder of Iconic, but I'm Ooh. one of the, the partners in the business. So let's I don't want to take away from my other partners that are much bigger it. brains than I do, right? Like, so let's- uh, Well, we, we haven't seen any of them, so I'm just saying like- Because they're so smart that we keep them locked in a room. Yeah, right? exactly. Like, of course. Thing, if they get out, you know, then That's things it. start to slow down. So <laughs> I'm, just, like, I'm just the like charismatic, uh, like, charismatic dumbass that's out here <laughs> to everybody. And they're the ones that are like, are doing the hard work. Oh, I love it. Uh, I love it. You uh, shout out to the team. Yeah. Absolutely. Yes. I appreciate you sharing that, man. But uh, yeah, so I, I've been kind of, I, I actually, believe it or not, went to uh, college for audio and uh, media production. And this mm -hmm. is back in the late 90s when, you know, we I still had classes on linear editing. I, I'm sure you guys are a little young for that. But uh, <laughs> when you do your first uh, tape to tape on a beta, you know, like, like, you know, give me a ring. There'll be some fun nostalgia for you in like 10 years. <laughs> yes. um, but uh, believe it or not, what ended up happening is right around the late 90s, I ended up getting a gig for a little company that's now pretty well known called Apple. Um, and they weren't doing all that well in 1997. Uh, I don't know if you guys uh, know the history of that, but um, I was that weird kid that had a Mac uh, in college <laughs> yes. and everybody else, you know, they're all PC guys and they had their Pentium twos and they thought they were super cool and <laughs> all that. And I, I was the one screaming from the rooftops, you know, the opposite of it and ended up getting a job, uh, working for them for a while. And that kind of parlayed me into realistically the technology behind, uh, media and entertainment. Yeah. Um, because, I actually started school for software development, and after about one semester of staring at green UltraSpark screens, man, I was just like, I can't do this full time, but I still <laughs> have a heavy interest in it. So I want to use these things to do stuff, to create things, not just 
yeah. to you know build right and uh so the rest is kind of history from there i i took off uh worked for a fortune 500 for a while running uh creative it actually so mm. large company all their designers all of their creative folks the guys that did everything from store layout to design of product itself and everything like that and they were all on macs and then all the bean counters and you know sourcing people they were all on windows boxes um and then from there i actually got involved in the media and entertainment channel and started working uh with companies like aja and some of the other ones uh awesome. and that kind of flipped me into the networking aspect of this business and yeah. getting to know people. And that's when I started my first company, which was wholesale for different software products in specializing in media production. Mm. Uh, and then that's how I met up with the other founders of, uh, of Iconic. And mm. we partnered up because of that position and knowing each other and, and moving on from there. So yeah. it's wow. been a fun journey over the last uh, wow. 15 plus years. Yeah, I, I honestly did not realize it was that lengthy. But honestly, I thought you were like 22, man. Oh, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> did you see the gray, man? Yeah, the gray, the, the, the gray <laughs> threw me off a little bit. But no, honestly, I'm surprised. And that's so incredible that you were even part of, you know, Apple. You have all these experiences, Fortune 500 companies. I'm curious, what has been or what do you think has been a few of the lessons that has stuck to you that you have brought along in your journey to where you are right now? I think the number one is if in 1997 you have the ability to buy a Honda Civic or buy Apple stock, buy the Apple stock. Mm. I didn't. I bought the Honda Civic. <laughs> um, it, yeah. it, it, did, it did not appreciate at quite the same mm. rate. Um, yeah, but that's I tough mean, one. Realistically, you know, I think one of the biggest things is uh, I've got a couple of credos, you know, when it comes to, to this sort of thing. One is biggest one is know what you don't know, right? Mm. Um, be aware of where your own shortcomings are, mm. because if you're not aware of where you're not any good at something, you'll never be able to improve because you already believe that you've mastered whatever that is. Yeah. And that kind of ties into the idea of like, you're never the best at anything. You can be better than a lot of people at things, but there's always going to be somebody better than you. And if you don't have that mentality, you'll, you'll, stall out eventually yeah, uh, yeah. In, in what you do i like that man i like that that growth mindset that you have and honestly and i don't know if it's any related and you can tell i'm extremely surprised but i think that applies to <laughs> anything that you do in your life because of probably all the things that you've been able to pick up and learn right you're like you know what i'm not the best one i'm just gonna put my head down work here make an effort and i mean you do some some incredible things yeah mike one of the things that oh go ahead sorry I was, I was just going to say, yeah, I mean, that like, to be perfectly honest, that whole mentality is a big part of what I try to just instill in everyone else. And I'm a big fan of like empowering people to do more than what they think they can do. You know, yeah. Yeah. if you empower people that either work for you or work with you or even any degree of the kind of business landscape to be able to do what they want to do, they'll find their own logical limits. But if you put imposed limits on them, well, then they're limited right out of the get-go. Absolutely. Um, and I just think it's really important to let people be themselves, point them in the right direction when things aren't going too well. Uh, but beyond that, let people be people and you'll get the best out of them regardless of the situation, whether it's business or person. Yeah, absolutely. You know? yeah. I love it, man. Uh, through your story, you mentioned that you, you were... I imagine you kind of a, of a bridge between the IT technical side of things and then the consumer side of things, right? With different things. And and 
you know, in the world that we live now that every company needs to be kind of like a media company, right? It's very intimidating maybe for people starting in this, uh, maybe with their own streams, with their own podcasts, with their own like video production, right? To bridge that gap between technology and uh, and, and the, cons- the end product, right? The consumer side of things. There's tools out there that allow for people to kind of get started, right? What have been, has has that always been there? How do you, are there elements that you kind of started using with your own staff or the people that you work with um, or even with the customers, right? To bridge that gap between technology and and the consumer. Well, I think the big one there is, you know, make the complicate the, the, the key to having good software or hardware or whatever it is, is not necessarily just solving the problem. It's in making it intuitive enough so that you don't have to think too much about it mm. when you're trying to learn it, right? Everything, every tool you're going to have to learn how to use. You know, when you were two years old and you picked up a screwdriver, you probably just thought it was for stabbing and not for turning things <laughs> out, right? I can. Like, so, yes, that is true. Fonsi did chase me with a <laughs> screwdriver once. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but but that that whole kind of concept and that vibe is, yeah. you know, really a big part of developing things properly. So. You know, within our world, you know, I can speak specifically to uh, and around Iconic. Iconic is kind of a, I would almost say, you know, secondary iteration where we learned a lot from our other product, which we still sell and have out there and everything like that. But the reality is, is that we saw opportunities for starting from scratch, more or less, to solve a different problem set. And the reason why was because we learned, hey, this thing does do very well at these things over here. But to get it to do these things over here, which people are asking for now, you know, do we duct tape that back on to what we're doing right now? Or do we start from scratch and say, okay, we're going to build a hammer, not a screwdriver, right? Yeah. Still holds things together. It's still, but it does it in a fundamentally different way. Yeah. And that fundamentally different way is how, you know, the growth for us has been so strong because we're just not approaching it the same old way again. You take that thing and you, turn it like this and look through the viewport a little bit different. And then you always, there's a risk there, right? Like that's, I think another big important part of any business is like, you're never going to be truly successful if you play it safe. You got to roll the dice to try to, you know, put your idea out there and see if it sticks. Cause if you don't, you're just going to copy everybody else. And then you're going to be playing catch up to somebody else that's already doing it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I love it because I'll, this is one of the things that we've been chatting lately, like in the last few weeks, for some reason, it has been the topic that has been coming up, right? And and for those listening, right, if you have a business or if you're launching a product, right, or if you're serving an audience, what Mike, you just said is so important, right? We we so often like put something out there and we think that is a final version of the thing that we're actually going to be doing, right? Like in our personal story, and, and we could not be further from the truth. Like that, that is a starting point because we're going to get feedback and we can reiterate like you guys did with Iconic, for example, the software that that we're currently using. But for us, for example, like we started doing vinyl stickers, right? Then we did screen printing because we got feedback. And then, you know, we hated the process of the, <laughs> the t-shirts. Thank God there's people, there are people that love that thing. And then it evolved. And inside of the content itself also today, that process has evolved, which the one that we call today is M2M. So for those listening, right? If, if, you, if you're launching a product, if you're launching something for our community, right? grab feedback and then you can get better or you can build something entirely different, right? And we're in a point in our in our business too that that is something that's happening 
today as we speak, right? So before we we only had the service, right? We're launching a, a workshop for, for our audience that people have been with us in our challenges or stuff. That is a completely different product as far as like execution goes. The principles and the frameworks are very similar to what the service looks like, but it's different. I came from feedback just like you guys did, right? So I just wanted to paint the picture a little bit. If you're listening, right, and you're in that moment, like what is the feedback that we're receiving? Is something that we can add to the current product, right? Or is something that is a different solution that we might be ignoring? And I, and I love what you guys did with, with Iconic. How was that process for you? What was an indicator that you guys needed to create something completely new? I mean, that was feedback, right? I, I don't know if it's completely new because I don't know the other software, right? But it's a different product. What was one of the key indicators that we should be looking for? Well, I think what we saw and the, the single largest reason we kind of went down the path was we had a lot of positive feedback to the other software, but just because of the way it was architected, it required a lot of heavy lifting and knowledge, right? So mm. uh, you had to know a lot of IT stuff. You had to have that ability to set up servers and stacks and you know build network databases and all the kind of heavy IT stack stuff that traditionally has not been a strength in media and entertainment, even at larger environments. You know they don't have Linux super admins on staff until you get into the really big organizations, oftentimes. And what we were seeing is that we would show the product off to the end users, the people that would ultimately be using it, and they would say, this is awesome, we love this, but the people that were actually going to be maintaining it would say, we don't have the knowledge or the budget to actually implement this, even though you know, all yeah. of our users would love to have that, and especially in the smaller businesses, right? Like when you're talking big enterprise businesses, that problem tends to go away because they do have that kind of staffing, but you guys, right? A, a smaller shop or yeah. even like a five-person post-production shop where somebody's running the books and one guy's a camera guy and everybody else is doing everything else in the facility. <laughs> yeah. You don't have a Linux sysadmin and DevOps guy on staff and you're yeah. not going to be able to afford one easily. So we looked at that feedback and that said, hey, this solution is something we need. And we had to figure out how to democratize that. Not and, and that meant changing a few things uh, in as far as how it would work in general. And the single biggest one was it had to be a software as a service tool because that's the only way you can really democratize that sort of thing at scale. You have to manage it yourself. And you have to just make it available for people to get into and use right away and not have to worry about the stand-up, so to speak. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, it was definitely customer feedback. And actually, it was more potential customer feedback because the mm. customers of the product still mm. loved it. And we yeah. still got paid for it and everything went great. But it was the amount of customers that we saw that wanted it and couldn't afford it. So it was, you know... We wanted to build the better mousetrap so that they weren't overridden with mice because they were when we were running the way we were before to a certain extent. Yeah. Uh, so for those listening, right, like if you're like right now, everything sounds super confusing and I have no idea what you guys are talking about, right? Like, let's describe a little bit of Iconic. Like what what is the tool, right? Because here's, uh, I'm going to do like a pre pre-story on like how we landed with you guys um, and what was our need, right? So when we first started as a freelancer, right, we're not technical at all, zero. We don't know how to code. We don't know how to do any of that fancy stuff that you know how to do very well, right? Uh, but when we first started editing, right, like Fonzie here started using cre the creative suite and editing all these awesome videos, right? And as we evolved the process, we started working based off a framework, right? We do have a framework that is about seven stages to create the, the content that, that we do now, right? So we do long form interviews like this one 
one, right? And then that gets turned into every single month around 400 pieces of content, right? There's a process that we follow and because the process is in place, it facilitates. And then as we started to create this stuff, these frameworks, right? We start plugging in tools in each of the stages to make sure that we could execute on those stages, right? So once we did that, right, we started adding different team members for the seven stages that we had, but it, there's still different tools, right? So as in, we started very basic as it with Google Docs for something that we call value index, right? We, we There was a, transi- uh, a transcriptions aspect of the video itself, right? That we had to do with a different software, XYZ, right? Then we had to pick what is the thing, what is the information that we're actually distilling from this video to be able to multiply that message? How do we edit this? How do we design around these videos, right? So there's different tools in different stages, right? This took us about, you know, a few months to, to kind of discover and optimize, right? And then I remember our main video editor, uh, Rafa, he was like, guys, there's this tool that we're using, right, with other type of clients, right, that I think it will be really, really uh, beneficial for you guys. I'm like, oh, that's sweet. And because we were operating in the in, in a framework, right, we could apply this tool to to our process. And when we came to Mike, we we're like, man, this is exact. This is what we do. We can explain it. And he's like, oh, sweet. Here's how you do it in this tool. So now five different tools that we had in the in the seven stage process are combined into your one software. So we we're like. Oh my goodness. And this is, you know, going from video, raw video kind of goes in, all the data is in there. We can work from different locations in the world because our team is all over the world, right? With very, you know, we could we could use the same files, proxies, and I've been learning a lot of the language lately. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, they're, you know, they're, they're, they're uh, versions of the main video, but there's not the main video kind of, is that a good, how, how he explained it? You can, you can explain in just a second. And then from there, right, like we can distribute this content to either the client or ourselves or stuff. And everybody works within the same platform with the same data, same feedback, and it's super streamlined. So that was the description of how we got to you. And we've been using it for this last month. So I want to encourage everybody listening, go back to your own process and see what is the framework? What are the steps that I'm following? Right. And then what are the tools? But for us that we're not technical, that was, that's why we went from frameworks because we didn't base our process on different tools. And now we can plug in something so powerful, like what you guys do, that it works seamlessly, seamlessly, and and it saves us a ton of time, right? So the team is super happy. Obviously, we are super happy. So that's kind of how we got to you. Now, from the mouth of the expert, Mike, that's you. Uh, how would you describe Iconic to to the listeners? Yeah, so we kind of talk. What we call it at the end of the day is a a collaboration hub. Yeah, and our goal for the tool was to allow our customers to organize the stuff that they have, right? Whether it's pictures, audio, video, really doesn't matter. It's generally creative content of some sort that has some sort of visual or audio feedback loop in it. And by feedback loop, I mean, you have producers, you have editors, you have modifications, you have versioning, you have things happening in a creative workflow. You are producing content much like you would build a car and bolt the seats in and bolt in the steering wheel you know you're overlaying the lower third and you're cutting in and you're color grading and all these different things and we want a place where you know there could be a source of truth for where all the content actually lives mm-hmm. and then the people that are doing all the various different parts can kind of get in and do the parts that they need to do as unobtrusively as possible And that means, you know, hey, if you're a producer and you're just marking up and making notes, right? Okay, cool. You can do that. You can make time-based comments and things on video and not have to know anything about codecs or how, 
editing works or anything along those lines. Hey, you're somebody that's taking transcription data and turning it into an index, like you guys said, right? You can read the transcript. That's all you're doing is you're reading for the context of content and then making some notes on it. Or if you're an editor, you can go and get the organizational unit that has all the different clips in it with all the markers that that producer and that transcription person did, fired into Premiere and there's all your stuff ready to rock. And now you're spending less time having to worry about where the stuff is or where I should even start looking. Mm -hmm. And you can at least get your framework for edit down quickly uh, and then be creative, you know, use that free time to be creative. And I think that's yeah. the thing is, you know, we're not trying to automate away the creative process. We're trying to make creative people able to not have to do the busy work they don't like doing in the first place. Mm. Let's cut down those cycles. Where is that clip of, you know, the green Power Ranger helmet? I don't know where <laughs> it is, man. Like, it's is yeah. it on this storage? Is it on that drive on the shelf? I don't know. Yeah. Well, let's yeah. look through this Excel sheet. And, you know, those sorts of problems are very real. And the more content you create, the bigger that problem becomes. Yeah. I'm sure you guys have seen this you know, well, you definitely have because you've you kind of <laughs> yep. come to the table with it. But, yeah. um, you know, to anybody out there that's watching this and you're just getting started, the problem is not a problem until it becomes a problem. And then it becomes a real big problem. <laughs> and my kind of uh, metaphor to that is buy the fire extinguisher now, man. Um, <laughs> yes, absolutely. When you need it, you don't want to have to go to the store and get it because then it's too yeah. late. You yeah. know, you've got a lot of you're losing a lot of time and effort. And the dollars you're spending at that point are not well spent dollars on your business. Yeah, you know, absolutely. I, Mike, I love this process. You know, like my brother mentioned, I was the one editing at first, doing all the videos and stuff like that. And before that, we did like events, weddings, all this type of videography. Right? And I remember I was I would always ask myself, like, what is a system that I can use here in Premiere to, you know, find files from way back if I want to recall them or use them again, right? And I never found, like, a honestly, a good way to do that. And I would see, you know, sometimes Gary Vaynerchuk's videos that he had, like, a video from two years ago, you know, making uh, some sort of call out and then a present video of him, you know, that thing happening. And then he just referring back and forth. And I was like, how do they remember? He even said that two years ago, right? I like, where does that even, ha like, how do they find that? And I remember trying to n make notes, right? In Adobe, the markers, all these other things, but it never ended in anything. And the f my first thought when I saw your platform is like, ah, this is it like this is perfect because now you can just probably i can look it up with a word right i can just put a tag on certain things and then look it up with a word boom i have all the topics about content is profit that i wanted to look for in 2019 right i can date my things and so it, it it just becomes like you said an incredible collaboration hub that takes away the friction of the things that you don't want to do that become boring, that that become, uh, you know, they, they take away from the creative process. One of those, for example, was the rendering of 4K files, right? Like working with 4K files, for example. For those that know a little bit of a video, if you have an older computer like mine, when you put a 4K file in there, <laughs> it explodes, right? <laughs> o almost explodes. And you need what, what my brother was talking about, those proxies, right? Those low-resolution files to work with. 
And you guys do that like automatically. Like if the file uploads, it automatically turns it into a proxy. And now you can share it with anybody around the world in your team so they can use it as well instead of, yeah. oh, okay, let me use my slow internet and spend five hours uploading this 10-minute clip so they can download it on the other side of the world and work with it. Yeah. So you are saving people so much time and so much pain. That is incredible. I, I absolutely love like this yeah. whole collaboration hub that you guys brought together. My my question that comes to mind with this, right, is, and it kind of goes, ties back to the main topic of the conversation that was, can you streamline creativity, right? I feel like a lot of people think that you went create when you put processes around, you know, creative work, like video media, you lose some aspect of that creativity, right? I, I personally used to think that way as well. And... Honestly, I feel like your platform is, is different. Like it kind of like empowers to be more creative because they're getting more, they're, they're putting more energy in, in this create creative endeavors, right? Instead of doing the, you know, the, the boring tasks that you were mentioning before, but I'm curious from, from what you've experienced, because you work with a lot of people, right? You have had a very long experience in, in this world. How does that look like? Like how does processes around creativity influence this type of stuff well i mean i think you know automation of the boring stuff is the best thing in the world you can do and i that's i think i i do follow that kind of credo of everybody can code you just haven't tried yet you know <laughs> yeah. uh, and if you get into it you know if you like solving puzzles you know it's that's what every day is when you start to work about that and that's it writing code is automation It, that's what it is. It doesn't matter what the code is doing. What you're doing is saying, this is a task that if I did it by hand would be tedious. Yeah. And if it's something you do once every two years, sure, do it by hand. But if it's something you do once a week and it takes you 20 minutes, well then spend four hours automating it because trust me, you're going to pay dividends to yourself quickly. And that's not in the scope of creativity, right? Mm. Hey, I'm cutting together an interview And it's a long cut and I just need to know when the people are talking, right? If I don't have a tool that can kind of pull out transcripts or allow yeah. me to make time-based notes from somebody else, well, I'm spending time that I could be actually paying attention to the context of what the person is saying, using my ape brain to, you know, juxtapose the words and put together yeah. something of interest. Instead, I'm just looking for the spot where, you know, the camera is actually pointed at something interesting and not the cut scenes or the dead scenes or the, oh, is my mic on or, you know, mm -hmm. all that sort of stuff. So yeah. there's so much opportunity to eliminate the pain points mm. through organization first and then automation second. You can't really automate well without organization as well. You guys well know with your process, right? Like yeah, building the framework first allowed you to scale at the scale you're doing. Yeah. That's information collection. And then you could get back to the point of actually saying, okay, we got to do these three things. And then once those are done, we got to do these five things. And then once those are done, we got to do this. You build that pipeline that has nothing to do with the creative aspect in each one of those columns, yeah. you know, inside your framework. Absolutely. And if you can cut the time between those in the columns, then you can scale up even faster. Yeah. I, uh, this is so fascinating because uh, we had a, there's a conversation that we quote a, t a ton. We, we have a, Uh, an episode with Holy Homer, right? Right, and they they have about 10 million visitors every single month, right, to the blog. 
and we were talking about volume on 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 content on how we publish content and stuff right and she was like hey guys you know you guys want to know how much i publish right and we're like absolutely we want to know and uh she was like we publish about 75 times just on facebook a day 75 times a day on Facebook, right? There has to be a process behind that kind of volume, right? And then on the other side, I'm like, oh my God, we're very high volume fans. Like we continue to push the envelope inside of our own content to see where we can take it. And everything has been very positive. That's why we stand behind it because the data tells us that it's doing good. And then we're like, how was your experience with that kind of stuff, right? And when she was telling us the story, she's like, yeah, I was in this conference. I shared it. Everybody kind of like, was horrified by the fact that we were putting 75 pieces of content every single day on Facebook, right? They have a community of about, uh, of about three, 3 million people. Like it's just insane. And she's like, look, all my decisions are based on data, right? And obviously there's a process to create this, right? So after that conversation, Fonzie and I started thinking, we're like, look, I mean, we're living kind of something similar, right? We're about seven or 10 per day, depending, right? Um, in the platforms, but I'm like, for us, it has worked. And we came to the conclusion that is either for the capacity that they cannot execute at that level, right? Or the distribution capacity, they don't have the systems in place, right? So the second we became organized with the things that we create, right? We know exactly what we're creating. We know when are we creating. We know how that's gonna look like after it's created, right? We have an output, a desired output, right? then that's easy, right? We can walk back and be like, okay, what is the system that I can put in place? What is the conveyor belt that I can put this specific right. content on it that allows me to kind of exploit it as much as possible, right? So now we have resources, right? We have time, we have people. What are the resources that I have today? And this ties back to what we talk about in the publishing pyramid. And then what is the tool that's gonna allow me to leverage this, right? So for some people, our teams, because, but when we started doing it ourselves, we don't have the capacity, we don't have the resources, we don't have the knowledge on different softwares that, that we use, right? So our capacity is very limited to execute at that level. Hence, we create this idea that it cannot be done. Yeah. But guess what? When we run into, for example, frameworks like Quantum Momentum, for example, and tools like yours, like Iconic, it's beautiful because if we marry both together, then you have the leverage to be able to create this high volume and serve your audience, right? So for those listening, right, this is a very cool opportunity to revisit what we're doing. Are we really serving our audience? Because if we don't get our message out there, we're not going to be able to help them, right? So we're doing them as a service by not doing it. And again, tools like, for example, you guys with Iconic and the frameworks that we create in Content Momentum help us do that. So obviously, shameless plug, 100%. I got <laughs> to say it, but it's because the feedback has been great, right? And we got to look at those resources and what is our knowledge too, right? And just so you know, for somebody that, uh, that knows zero coding, we've been able to use this platform no problem like the team is having a blast and they're like in love with the possibilities yeah. that we can I do I mean this, like, right? like Mike like you said at the beginning something that may one of the elements that makes a good software is that intuitive intuition right when you use it and I think your platform does just that right I think the team has picked up really quick at using it uh, my brother who you know he's like a caveman with with anything <laughs> tech right so it's, it's, it's great stuff, man, uh, and I really appreciate it. Yeah, so Mike, what are some cool examples? Because uh, you deal with a lot of creators, right? Uh, we, you sent me this incredible uh, case study with Spotify. You guys, I think they have about a thousand people collaborating mm -hmm. like in their pipeline or more. I think it's like 1200, something like that. That is a, an incredible amount of like, the size of that team is massive, right? So obviously 
could we dive a little bit into how they're using that? Or can we dive into a little bit of examples on how other content creators are using this, right? Because obviously our framework is not the only one. We love our framework, obviously, uh, but there's others, right? So what are some cool things that you've been seeing uh, around the content creation side of things? Yeah, I mean, I think the biggest one is just empowering people to build that basis of organization. I would mm. guess probably 70% of our customer base has never had a tool like this before, right? They're not yeah. coming from an experience level where they know that something like this even exists. Yeah. Um, and for the longest time, that was because it just wasn't attainable to, you know, small businesses. It was an yeah. expensive tool. It was, you know, okay, cool. You can walk in the door, but it, here's, you know, purchasing a new car minimum to get a, a tool like this. And, you know, a small business that's scraping by or just growing or just getting founded you don't have that kind of capital to spend, you know, or even the you don't have the time and market to even get the loan to spend the capital, right? Like even yeah. if you wanted to. So I think this, the at its core, it's just the ability to see people that before we're doing these broken workflows of, you know, whatever they were comfortable with, like Dropbox or FedExing a drive across the country or, yeah. <laughs> you know, those sorts of things and kind of watching how much faster they can do what they were already doing without having to think too much about it, right? Put yeah. the stuff into Iconic however the heck you want and then find one thing it does well for you and it instantly becomes worth it. Even Absolutely. if it can do 75 different things, it's like if you buy the Swiss Army knife and you only ever open it to open cans, it's still a good tool, right? Yeah. Uh, mm. And so that's where I, I think at the baseline where, where we've seen the most success is just building a structure for organization for people to save time and then Honestly, long term, that allows you, and you guys are going to start to find this pretty soon. It's the remonetization, right? Content reprofit. Profit and reprofit. Yeah, if you can find that stuff, you know, further down the road, like you said, hey, how do you remember who said what two years ago? Well, if it is searchable in a quick and easy way, and if you put yeah. a little bit of effort into organizing it up front, well, then when the greatest hits album time is ready, when you're doing well enough to where that information is able to be run a second time you know yeah absolutely. your ability to re-monetize is so much higher if mm. you have a tool that allows you to go back and search and that sort of yeah. stuff yeah not just that i mean the trust level that we can put in with the audience right for example that video that that fonzie was mentioning with gary v right like the fact that he was saying that like five years ago right and then we come back and it's the same thing like just the trust level that we can have with our audience i don't know why why are our cameras going crazy? There we are. <laughs> it woke up. It woke up. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's incredible. And one of the things that that we like, we've been uh, harping on this a lot is we gotta measure our capacity. Like, what is the time that we're investing in this thing, right? Like, and these are conversations that we have with our customers every single day, or the people that wanna kind of jump in on on content momentum. It's like, well, how much time are you investing in categorizing this this content? Like, making sure that is it's uh, available for a future process, right? We have a process called value index that we go back and and people don't have to touch anything because because of a tool like yours, it allows us to index, what are we talking about? How are we talking about it? What are the topics, right? And we can always go back as a safety net, right? And then people don't account for that time that they try either learning, going, finding a team, going, finding a process that works for them, right? And I think that's so important because if that's the starting point, if you're scaling your business or if you're scaling your, 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 your content, you need to know where are you investing your time and resources to make sure that you can find a solution for that. What is the process that goes behind it, right? And that's, 
that's how we started too. And there's people out there that do it really, really well. But sometimes people cannot see past, like, I just want to learn it. I just want to do it myself. I'm like, okay, sounds good. But like document that and then measure it because there's going to be a point in time where your resources are going to be higher and you're not going to go past those resources because you continue to do that. So you got to give that to somebody else or you got to use the leverage as a tool, like, uh, or use as a tool. Sorry, use a tool as a leverage to make sure that we can either get that faster or teach somebody else to do it. And and I think that's something that we missed all the time. We don't measure that those inputs that we're putting either in our business or in our content. And it has to be something that has to be done very, very early in time so we can optimize. Well, and I think too, there's something to be said here that if you're thinking in your mind when you're working on a business and you're growing it and you're thinking, man, there's gotta be a better way there always is your business might not be at the scale yet to do it a better way, mm. but starting to look for it at that time is important. If you're a small business and you're using a small accounting system and you're like, man, this is killing me right now. I need to look, start looking at the big stuff. And then they may come back and say, you know what, this is way out of our price range, but now you know where your baseline is and where you got to get to it's measurement and goal setting, right? Like exactly. it's no different than if you're lifting weights or losing weight or, you know, doing anything like that. You, if you yeah. don't have a baseline of knowledge of what is available, then you're going to self-limit. And I think you guys have more or less said that in the last few statements, right? If if you're not aware of where uh, you can go, you naturally put a ceiling in place over yourself. Mm-hmm. And if you put the ceiling in place over yourself, you believe that's the real ceiling, even though yeah. it's not. Yeah. And you know, and, and then then you are going to run into actual problems. You know, it's yeah. much I found that it's much, much easier in the, sco- the scope of business to kind of ask for forgi- forgiveness versus permission when you're testing out a new idea um, and push that limit and see where, you know, see where it goes. Because if you just say this is the box we live in, this is what we do. And you know, some great opportunity walks in front of you, you're going to miss it. It's going to fly right past you because you're not thinking outside, like literally thinking outside the box, right? Like I know it sounds cliche, but it's (laughs) the reality. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think it goes back to what you said, that lesson that you learned, right? It's know what you don't know, right? At the end of the day. So... Well, I mean, I'm, I'm loving it, all this conversation. I think you're on fire today, by oh, the way, Oh, man, thank too. you. I, yeah, I, you're feeling good. I can tell you're I, feeling good today. I, I know. <laughs> Here's the thing. I've been using the tool, right? Like, and it's not like I've invested a crazy amount of time on it. Like, it's just like, it's very intuitive and, and it's solving a problem that, that we had, right? Like, and this is why I feel so passionate because, and here's the thing, the problem that we had was time, right? Because we have... Uh, and this is a little behind the scenes on, on how our team works, right? It, it, they work by sales, right? And different people uh, tackle different parts of this process that were in different places. So it will take time for them to either communicate or like putting all together in one place. And now everything is in, in that one place. And the, hi, the transcriptions, just the transcriptions is what it, what it does. You said that, <laughs> that one feature, right? That one feature that's going to work for you guys. Like for us, that was the first thing. There's going to be many more coming, obviously. But the fact that we can get that transition uh, uh, transcriptions in minutes in minutes like it's it's just incredible right so for those out there right creating content please like let us know if you have any questions but here's here's my uh i guess my my advice right um not advice let let's say people come to us for example and they're like man i want to scale my content right that that's that's one of the things that we do uh and they can go to other companies too and there's no problem right but then we scale content through 
uh, the framework, which is a M2M, right? The content momentum service, like you can learn it, right? That's a way to do it. And this is the beautiful thing. That's the starting point. What you said, like, no way you don't know. Once we learn this, right? Perfect. We can start implementing. Guess what? That framework is going to evolve and that's okay. Well, guess what? If you have the team, if you have the processes, if you have the software that can help you scale without any friction, perfect. Let's do it. We have uh, we have a couple customers that have, we call it content evolution, right? That have evolved over time. They come in, they start with one framework. Sweet. That's the base. We master that framework. And then we're like, what do we want to do next? It's not about like, what can I do next? Like we can do anything, right? But it's like, what do I want to do? Right. And then after that, it becomes really, really fun because we're free of that ceiling that you mentioned earlier. Right. So it's incredible. So I encourage everybody start thinking about not just your business, but your content. Like, because your business is a framework for somebody else. It's a solution. You're providing a solution, right? So inside of your own content, right? What is your framework? How do we scale this? And then do I actually have the resources and tools that can help me do that? So I'm very confident to say that you do have both of those Mm -hmm. solutions here with you in this interview today. You have uh, Mike with Iconic, which I highly, highly recommend. Go check him out. Um, Links are going to be in the description. Links are going to be in the description. We're going to put all in there. And then if you're interested in our framework on content momentum on how these two dudes can publish more than 400 pieces of content and have an amazing time having conversations with people like you, Mike, right? Come to us. Uh, Send us a DM. And, uh, and our we'll, legs are going to be in the description. Legs are going to be in the description. <laughs> we actually have a workshop coming up on May 1st. Um, so let us know if you want to be a part of it. So, Mike, I really enjoyed this conversation, man. Thank you so much for being a part of the of the discussion. Is there is there anything else that we might have been missing or, like, anything that you want to add? I, I would say, like, the last thing, just when you're starting to look at tools, right? When yeah. not just in general. This is not just our stuff, but I am a person looking to do tools. In the software world, I highly recommend looking for things that are open. And by open, I mean have programmatic access on the back end, have strong APIs. It's a very modern concept, and a lot of modern software has that. Um, but the documentation and availability of APIs and how well they're developed means that you're also not hamstrung by the manufacturer themselves to go do crazy fun things because we've definitely seen our customer base build all sorts of neat, like very bespoke workflows to their business that no manufacturer is ever gonna make for them, but because the data is there and the access to it is there, they can automate all sorts of stuff that's just painful without having to go to the shelf and pull something off the rack, right? They're building it themselves and empowering, empowering yourself to be able to build things in the future is worth it even if you don't know how to right away because eventually if you're successful you're going to get to the scale where that is going to be important and you want to plan you got to figure you're going to succeed walk into the door every day that i am going to succeed not what if i succeed and make your decisions you know to a certain extent i mean like you know there is a there is a limit to that one but um (laughs) You know, make sure that you enter into any sort of like thought process around that. Yeah. With that mentality in place. And that in soft in the world of software, it means openness so that you can interact with it at a level that you're not, you know, 
dependent upon somebody else to tell you how you have to interact with yeah. them. Yeah. I mean, this goes hands in hand with control your message, right? Like uh, on our side of things, control your own message that you you don't depend on somebody else. What is your own voice, right? We make that transition from consumers to creators and that's the thing that we're doing. And then if we back it up with, you know, the tools that allow us to express ourselves at that level is incredible. I, I This is maybe like not one-on-one story, but we had, a, I, I remember listening the other day, a story about Epson, right? And they have these printers. And uh, when you mentioned openness, my mind went to to that story, right? So this lady uh, bought her, her printer, right? Got like the the ink cartridges that that came with the printer, right? And then when it, it came time to refill these cartridges, she was like, "Oh my gosh, these are so expensive!" Right? Again, closed, right? And she's like, "I want to go to a different option," right? So that she she went and she got different like generic ones that also work in that printer. When she put them in there, the pictures were coming out all messed up, right? The the colors weren't mixing, all that stuff. And she's like calling Epson, right? And they might they might ban or whatever. I don't know if they see it. Sorry, man. Uh, <laughs> but the, she called the company and she's like, "Hey, you know my, these cartridges are not working." And the recommendation was like, "Go go buy the Epson cartridges again." Closed. There's no options to go move from there, right? And she's like, "No, it's so expensive. I don't want to go do that." Right? Well, guess what? What happened was that this company blocked, like they released this update to all their printers that they cannot accept generic cartridges because they were so cheap, right? And one of their highest profit margin products was the ink because now these customers are in jail or they're like confined to that one option. So again, like this is a different environment and this person had a very like hard experience with them. She's still fighting for this stuff, right? But it generated this like uh, flood of comments of people that were unhappy with that, right? So again, in your business, in the tools that you're looking for, is this a trade? Is this something that's happening? We might we, we gotta be you know open eye and make sure that we define those options that we're allowed to grow with that have different solutions on the back end that we can build upon. Right? Don't don't be like Epson. Right? Provide those if you're a business. Provide those opportunities and, and be, like, be like iconic. Be like iconic. <laughs> <laughs> and then and then you know that's a that's a really cool indicator because in in our world like people were constantly looking for those tools that we can build upon and 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 expand our businesses and that's something really cool that I personally never thought of. Right? Like maybe we're not at that level yet. Right? And with your call, with a call with you guys, you mentioned it, right? Like, hey, at this moment, maybe not, but in the future, right? We might have somebody in that builds custom flows for different things and automations and different things, right? So uh, super awesome, Mike, super fascinating. Uh, thank you so much for, for coming and sharing yeah. everything about you guys and, and the awesome work that you guys do. Fancy anything else? No, I just want to say thank you, man. It's it's very it's amazing to hear kind of like the behind the scenes and all the work that you guys are putting and what you guys are building for uh, you know the creative people out there. I think this is like you mentioned. It was it, it remind me everything remind me a lot of kind of like the Salesforce story that they used to sell those you know CRMs to big companies and it was like million dollar packages. So only the big companies could have them. And then Salesforce came in and he's like, we're going to revolutionize this. <laughs> and they started doing the the SaaS CRM. And your story honestly reminds me a lot of that. I think you guys are uh, coming to disrupt this this medium. And I think you guys are going to be great at it. And I mean, you guys are already doing it. So it's, it's, it's exciting to be a part of it. Yeah, well, thanks for having me, guys. It was a blast, you know, catching up and talking about this stuff. I love talking about, you know, okay. kind of the growth strategies and just the fun that it is. You know, 
if you're having fun in your own business, it's it's one of the best things in the world. And not everybody gets lucky enough to, to be able to do that. Uh, but I really think that almost anybody can. You just have to have a little bit of faith in yourself. And again, you got to take a little risk every now and then. Oh, yeah. Make yeah. That happen. Absolutely. So, oh, Fancy, can we streamline creativity? Yeah, I, th I think we do. Of course we do. I think it's, you know, you got to find the the right tools to support it, right? I know, not the right tools. I think, yes, the right tools is part of it, but also the right environment and the right people you do it because I'm sure you can get some people in these tools that might try to suppress that creativity, but the tool allows for it, which is the, the incredible part. So yeah, it's, I'm, I'm excited, man. I'm excited to see what we're going to be a year from now using Iconic, right? Um, we're going to have to take one of your workshops or something where we learn... <laughs> to code into the platform so we can develop our own automations and make it all amazing. Well, I'll throw the little plug out there and there'll be a link to this. I, I, I'll toss you guys too, but we do actually, we tried, I try to do it once a month and we do little hackathons, which is yeah. just on Twitch. I live stream the whole thing Let and we learn from scratch. because I don't know what the hell I'm doing when we start. I have an <laughs> idea and then we take the idea and sometimes it's successful and sometimes it's partially successful and, You know, one one time it was kind of a big flop and <laughs> didn't get anything done. But it's learning by doing and it's learning yep. by doing together and the tools and where I go when I'm because I'm not classically trained in this stuff. I'm not allowed to touch the production code, you know, behind the scenes. Yeah. I, yeah. That wouldn't happen. But I've built processes. We obviously we use Iconic internally for a lot of stuff. And I've built automations around processes for us yeah. as not the engineer, as not the DevOps guy, as not the product manager. You know, because I saw opportunities for business improvement in yeah. what we did. So I went and I hacked it together using our API and open tools that are available out there and cool. other tools, APIs like, you That's know, awesome. Zoom and Asana and Slack and you name it. Right. Like there's a million other tools out there that have great interoperability. Get out there and do it. So, uh, yeah, join us when we do those things. It's sometimes it's fun and it's it's nice to stream to more than like two people. So the more, <laughs> right? Yeah, yes, I, absolutely. I love it. I know we have uh, we have some people here in Twitch commenting, and so thank you so much. Again, remind us of what days are we doing this because we're gonna be uh, there for sure. So we try to we try to do it on the last Friday of every month because uh, I wish I had more opportunity to do it more frequently. And it's just iconic underscore IO is our Twitch uh, ID. So go ahead and sub to us. You'll get a notification when we go live because you definitely want to turn on the, the notifications because it's not that frequently that we do it. Mm -hmm. um, but <laughs> I normally go, you know, if we can do it, we do it for four or five hours and we wow. go and rip through a problem and we map out the whole problem. We diagram the whole thing and then we just try to solve it. Incredible. Um, That's amazing. And we, yeah. And, and we take input from our customers too. So everything I've done so far on that channel has been something a customer has asked me for that the product doesn't do like just out of the box. And that was like, hey, can I solve this problem in four hours that would solve, you know, God knows how many hours of time over the next six months for anybody, right? Yeah. And then we just, and it's all there available for everybody to learn. You know? How can how can people request those things? I, I, it come to mind a couple of things that we might have to send your way to uh, to join <laughs> on those uh, <laughs> those hey, man, Twitch for, streams. For the, for the live hackathons, <laughs> here's, my, here's my rule is, You can have all my code for free, but I'm the sales guy. So yes. you know what you're getting into at that point. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, we actually, on LinkedIn too, I'll post every now and then and we'll take feedback and feel awesome. free to tweet at us. You know, if you if you have an idea for one of them, you know, we're all about, you know, taking that it. in. I have a little list of things that people have asked for and then 
I just do a little, I do, and by research, I mean like 10 to 15 minutes of research before we go live, because <laughs> if I did more than that, it'd be a little disingenuous, right? Like the yeah. whole point of it is let's see what we can do with no knowledge. Yeah. Um, and uh, and we take it from there. So. Incredible. I, I, I want to highlight what you just said a little bit and kind of like debrief mm -hmm. it uh, for the business owner, right? Like you guys are taking active feedback. You guys are taking active requests and actually demonstrating, right? And this is a very important process for those looking for creativity or inspiration. Go and execute it and go watch these things, right? Of the tools that, that you're watching, of the services that you're doing, of your coaches. Go find it because there's going to be something there that you might take home with you and then execute on your own process and it's going to change everything. That's how yeah. we've been able to do it. We're actually releasing a show on Facebook because another show, by the way, not just content is profit. We're going to be unlocking content frameworks because that's the thing that we normally, that we create with our clients, right? So just like you guys, you walk through your process. That's exactly what we're going to be doing on covering these frameworks from people that are there every single day. So yeah. for the business owner, go participate, go create your own too. These incredible lessons that, that Mike is sharing with us from his own business yeah. that we can apply in our everyday. And to take action, like you said, without that much research, right? Like, We are going to learn about it. Just jump into it yeah. and you learn as you go. Because I think that that's the best way to do it, honestly. Mike, I have a very selfish question for you before we leave. <laughs> yeah. what, if I want to learn how to code, right? What is the best place for me to learn? Um, honestly, I mean, like at this point, there's two languages. If you're doing it for yourself and for your business, I would learn either Python or JavaScript because um, those are the two most popular right now in the sense that there's the most information and most community around them. Not that... And I'm a Python guy through and through. I love it. I can do all sorts of fun little stuff with it. Yeah. Um, Code Academy has got some free courses for both online. Um, but Stack Overflow is your best friend, too. And there's and honestly, there are streams out there. I've On random Friday nights, man, you would be amazed at how many guys out there are, like, working on little code projects on Raspberry Pis on Twitch and have four guys watching them. Go join in their thing, man, and watch what they're doing because they're learning with you at the same time. And yeah. the, it's all out there. It's it's really a matter of, you know, I first would say try to figure out a problem you want to solve and make it simple, right? Like it doesn't yeah. have to be a big, giant problem. I want to take this, you know, CSV file and I want to find all the lines that have this customer email address in them. That's a great first little project because it teaches you how to do some stuff and it's not necessarily practical, but it builds a basis of knowledge, right? You got yeah. you gotta crawl before you can walk sort of thing. Find little bite-sized things you think you can you can take care of, you know? Absolutely. No, I appreciate it. I appreciate it. I, I've actually had the, the thought a while back. I'm like, man, I would love to code. Like, I think it's such an important skill nowadays. Um, but yeah, honestly, I have no idea where to start. I kind of did a little bit of research there, I, not I, too much. So. I hope it goes better than your guitar project. I know. Okay. I, that's the other thing why I need to go <laughs> and hang out with you so I can learn some, some real guitar playing, man. <laughs> yeah. He decided I wanted to play guitar and uh, he's been collecting dust. Hey, uh, no, no, no. I, I did it for a few months and then... They moved on to a new task. Tennis. Mo mo moved on to tennis. Okay. <laughs> oh, man. All right, Mike, we got two last questions. We can do it real quick. What is one action point that somebody can do today to get that momentum, right? We're talking about... Uh, newish entrepreneurs, people are starting to publish, people are starting to build those processes, right? What is some, something that they can do today to start getting that momentum? I mean, for me, the one thing I've always found super useful and it's so cheap to do is buy yourself a big ass whiteboard and hang it on the wall someplace, a big one. I'm talking like six foot by eight foot <laughs> and use it to document your ideas and keep, because 
it's it's not like your notes on your computer where you make the next one and you forget about the last one or it gets moved out of the way. It's there. It's in front of you. It's constant. You can't get away from it. Yeah. And then commit yourself to knocking stuff off that list. Draw out the idea, draw an outcome you want to have, and then work towards it. Because, you know, if you don't have any sort of measurement towards more medium-term or long-term goals or learning something or doing a project or then you become reactive in your business and that's death. Yeah. It's death if you become reactive. Mm. I love it. I love it. We, we've talked about that being reactive and proactive. It has been a, a topic lately around content and, and sales too, but I agree with you like in life and with ideas. And what a great, what a great action point of having the whiteboard. We have a big whiteboard right here. I wouldn't yeah. say it's... Right there. Yeah, I wouldn't <laughs> say it's a six feet and, you know, eight feet one, but... It flips. It has two sides. It has two sides. Okay. Uh, so maybe, you know, yeah. if we join those two together, <laughs> we, can, we we add them up. Yeah. So but, you guys each get one side? Is that the <laughs> We each get one side. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Absolutely. Dude, uh, Mike, where, where would you guys be if people don't publish? I mean... So you know what the weird thing is, is that even if people don't publish, we've got a significant amount of customers that are private, right? I guess that's huh. still publishing, but in the sense that, you know, you have to do training videos for the guys that drive your trucks or sweep your floors or yes. you know, whatever it is that you got to do inside your business. There is video is proven to be one of the best ways to learn things and engage people. Wow. Uh, and so video, even if all the big platforms disappeared tomorrow and the streaming services disappeared, it's still the way that people learn effectively on mass. It's not better than a teacher, but it's so cost effective versus a human being sitting with you and helping you, which is always the best. Yeah. Um, that it's not going anywhere and it's only growing. And that's what we see. Like every business is a media business. It does not matter if you sell ice cream or if you're making movies, you're a media business because somewhere yeah. in your information supply chain, video has become a tool you use. Guaranteed. Yes. It doesn't matter who you are. Absolutely. Ah, this is so good. That was so good. That was not an answer I was expecting, but it turned out to be way better. That was way better. That yeah. was way better. Uh, <laughs> oh, man. And then, you know, obviously, you know, if you guys do those kind of video and you want to leverage for uh, any kind of exposure, just give us a call. Give uh, Beast Bros a call, Content Momentum, and we can help you do that with our M2M framework. Happy to do so. Ah, Mike, thank you for allowing us to to obviously share your message. Thank you for providing your platform for us to execute uh, for us and for all the clients that, that we currently have. Uh, yeah, it, you're just helping us make an... Uh, so much better the process and, and serve at a higher degree man thank you so much you guys are making this world a better place absolutely uh, yeah, dude <laughs> you guys are doing a killer job too this is it's been super fun and you know like I, i wish more people were out there talking honestly but having enjoyment about you know small business because almost everybody wants the let's make it big and then get the lambo and the mclaren <laughs> and call it a day sort of thing right like yeah i'm all about yeah. let's make our business fun Right. Yeah. Like yes. make your day to day fun because then you don't necessarily like, hey, maybe maybe I just get a Porsche instead of the Lambo and I'm still really <laughs> happy with everything else that's going on. Right? Yeah. So. yeah, we've we've mentioned that priorities change. Right. They, they yep. evolve. Uh, not going to lie. Like we started there. We we're like, let's make some money. Right. And then we quickly realized the wall was coming and hit us in the face real, real fast. And priorities started to change and we started to serve mm -hmm. and we started to listen. We started to enjoy the process. And then now the things are completely different. 
Um, yeah. yeah. Fonzie uh, might, might still want a Jeep, just saying, but. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he wants me to get a Jeep. Uh, but yeah, man, Mike, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. This was amazing. Yeah. Um, I'm sure we'll have you here another mm -hmm. time and we'll talk more about some other stuff. I mean, yeah. dude, I feel like you're a man with many talents, so we, this <laughs> conversation could go anywhere. Yeah. Mike, where, where, can, awesome, guys. Where, where can people connect with you? Where can people find more about Iconic? Where, where should we send them? Yeah, so iconic.io and it's iconic, I-C-O-N-I-K.io um, is our website. Um, you can find me on LinkedIn. I got I got rid of all the other socials other than, well, Twitch, because I am on that streaming uh, from time to time. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, if you want to hit me up for business stuff um, and uh, yeah, we got a Twitter. It's just iconic.io as well. Facebook, same thing. So all the, it's iconic.io is all our socials. Uh, just yep. search for it. You'll see the the black ring with our logo in the middle and you know hit us up there i'm watching that stuff our marketing guys are watching that stuff and we're still a small enough company where guarantee if you shout out me or anybody else that you know over there everybody's gonna know about it so uh, you <laughs> know we're awesome. not some big nameless faceless machine yeah that's awesome that's awesome mike i have a question do you only stream the hackathons on twitch or do you stream video games too <laughs> uh so i only do hackathons right now because i'm like a garbage fortnite player and so why would anybody want to watch me all they'd see is like bad plays and then me swearing really loudly so it's like it's not good you know that's the big thing about content right like it's either got to be you have to be better than everybody else or you got to be entertaining and i'm neither <laughs> So, yeah, we've, yeah. Uh, we're, we're actually a very similar place in video games too. I, I feel like we can be entertaining. I don't know. I think you think <laughs> you could be entertaining. Let the audience <laughs> vote. Let the audience tell us if we, we we're Rocket League guys. Yeah, uh, Rocket, yeah. Rocket League is, is uh, yeah. I, Fortnite yeah, was I, was rough to get into. Rough for to sure. get into for sure. Uh, all right, guys. Well, Mike, again, thank you. And with that said, thank you so much for tuning into the Contents Profit Podcast. Go ahead and subscribe. Hit smash that subscribe button and follow us on social media at Base Bros Co. That is right. And if you find this episode impactful, yes, please don't forget to share it and and leave a five star review. Thank you. Bye, guys. <laughs>